0: Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor and I am very excited about this week's guest. He is a Palestinian American fine artist. Welcome to the show, Dean Mejd. You're yeah. <laughs> What up? Best best greeting, honestly, that I've ever had on the show. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Uh this is Dean's first podcast and uh he's very excited.
1: Yep. Very nervous as well, but whatever.
0: Can you feel the enthusiasm just radiating through his voice?
1: I'm actually very excited, but this is how I am normally. He's
0: enthused. I could feel it. It's the energy. If you were here, you would know. Um, but I'm really excited to have Dean on. I've wanted to have him on the show for like a really long time. Also, every time I say his name, it makes me think of my nephew, and that just makes me have positive feelings towards a Palestinian man, which I rarely
1: feel. That's really sweet. <laughs> 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 I feel like you really tried on that.
0: I lot. really did. Did you I'm like that was good, right? It sounded like I'm not a hateful person. Yeah, yeah. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." Um but no, we were we were talking about never being relaxed. And like him saying that obviously resonates
1: with me. I have no idea how to be relaxed.
0: I try, you know? Like, what do you, What do you try to do to relax, if anything at all?
1: I meditate daily or at least try to meditate daily because sometimes your body resists or maybe that's, that's just me. But I try to meditate daily. Um, I journal as often as I can. I'm in therapy, um, that type of stuff. I don't know if it helps me relax, but it helps me figure it out, you know?
0: How long have you been in therapy for?
1: Um, this is my second time trying and I just had my seventh session, so it's fairly new.
0: Yeah, but that's still that's I feel like the first few sessions are the ones where people are usually like, I don't want to do this shit.
1: Yeah, I had I I did. Uh, I started therapy in early 2021 Um, after my friend passed away. I was in crisis mode and I had to stop because my therapist was really mean to me. What? Yeah, and tough love does not work on Therapist me. Therapist
0: should not be me.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Honestly, I was really confused because it, it was my first time in therapy. And then I stopped for a long time. And then I, this year, believe it or not, I got back into therapy for the opposite reason. My life is so good right now. And I hate to even like jinx it. I'm going to knock on something.
0: He's like looking for, knock, oh, <laughs> oh, he, wood. he found
1: some wood. Um, But my life is so good and I'm so happy that I was like, oh, maybe I should go into therapy. Yeah, yeah, because I started getting anxiety that something bad was going to happen. A
0: hundred percent. That's literally what anxiety is all about. It's like, wow, things are going so well. Something, an anvil is going to fall on me.
1: Yeah, literally anything. I'm a big self sabotager too. So I was like, oh, I, I probably need to figure this out.
0: Wait, and like, but in what aspects of your life do you find that you self sabotage, or is it just like a general, you know? It's a general. You're, you're like thing. a menace to society.
1: Oh. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I shouldn't admit that, but yeah. Yeah. I get really, um, the, the term I like to use is self-destruct. I self-destruct a lot. Um, I say mean things to friends. I mean, I've been, I've worked that, I've worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> he starts calling me like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> nah, 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 no. Nah. I've worked on that. Um, it's not like mean, I think, I think it's just, it's just, um, projections of like, I don't know,
0: yeah, projecting is like something that like every human being is constantly doing. It's At very all times. hard not to it's very hard yeah. not to project yeah. um regardless of like how self aware you are or whatever is going on like it's just so natural for a human being to like want to like impose their own feelings or thoughts onto another person,
1: yeah, um, I do that <laughs> You're like
0: I'm a fan
1: yeah, yeah we I think i I'm trying to be more active. In realizing when I'm doing things and it's a projection as opposed to something I genuinely feel or whatever, um, I th- I'd like to think I'm a good listener, but I think um, <laughs> I think listening to people and figuring them out is the best way to kind of like separating myself from the relationship yeah. or the person in front of me is the best way to understand when it, or when I'm not uh, projecting. I don't know. Honestly, photography does everything for me, so I think I I think through photo. Um, so I think I don't know.
0: Okay, so I I do want to like get some like I want to get a little bit of like the the background regarding like you and like creating art. When did you realize that you were interested in photography?
1: I didn't have that moment ever. Okay. My mom gave me a camera when I was seven, and I've never. Stop taking photos. Do you and remember I'm, what kind
0: of camera it was?
1: It was an Olympus point-and-shoot with a zoom lens. And I know people who are into photography know exactly what camera I'm talking about because it's super cheap. You can get it for like twenty-five dollars. Yeah, and I gave it to a girl I loved.
0: Oh, <laughs> and I never seven? got
1: it back. No, no, no. I gave it to her when I was maybe like twenty-three or twenty. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Or like that. Wow, that's yeah. really nice.
1: I still love her. She's a friend of mine.
0: I'm like, do you have the camera?
1: No, I doubt it's gone. It's I bought, I bought it again, and I broke it because I was taking pictures in a bathhouse with my friends. We were drunk in a bathhouse; it was the whole thing.
0: As as just like another yeah. another day. I know that I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, I mean,
1: so you're not a sentimental person because I,
0: I, you would have to kill me and wring that out of my hands.
1: It's crazy because I think I am. I think if you meet me, you would think. That I'm extremely um, emotionless or at least cold. I oscillate between hot and cold.
0: You give off a warm energy though. I'm just going to. Because
1: I think it's um, internally, I want to make connections. Okay. But I'm very protective. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, uh, yeah, so I oscillate between hot and cold. And I I, uh, have very kind of um, uh, extreme thinking. I mean, not
0: a good thing to say.
1: Not a good thing to say as a Palestinian. Hi,
0: I, I'm an extremist. No,
1: I, I, someone told me that last week, a really good friend of mine. I didn't want to correct her. Um, no, I, I go from like I'm, I'm all or nothing yeah. all, all the time. That's something that uh, my therapist told me, but I knew that already. Um, and it's not really great to think like that. But my work is the opposite. My work is extremely gray area, um, very emotional. Hyper emotional, Um, very, very intimate, Um, kind of sad. Not sad, but, you know, it's about the human condition, so it's all of it, you know? Um, So I think all the things that are normal, I guess, you'd see in the work. I mean, I don't know if normal, but, you know, all the emotional things are in the work.
0: And I think that that's something that you can very quickly, like, observe when when I look at any of your photography, like you, it's like you feel something when you look at it type of thing, Thank you. which is not the case for everything. Um, And I don't like consider myself to be like, Oh, like I like know so much, but like, it's something that like, even if I could pick up on it, like it's, it's there. Like you can very quickly like notice it. But when you started taking photos, I know you were like seven, you were just like, whatever, like, how did you kind of move, into like the space where you are now where I feel like you are inspired by like a lot by emotions I don't want to speak for you but like it does feel like it's a big part of your art
1: Uh, I don't think I'm inspired by emotions I'm inspired by understanding people and I think to really understand someone full through you have to uh, be 100% open at all times so when I'm creating I'm super vulnerable so people are super vulnerable um, and that's how the images have so much emotion, I think. Uh, and I think that's maybe the only time I can be vulnerable, to be honest.
0: Wait, I, I do want to, I'm interested, cause we've never, I've never taken photos with you, but like, how do you create a vulnerable environment for someone that you're shooting?
1: Uh, heavy, heavy conversation. Okay. And I'm not even talking about, cause we're talking, even before we started recording, we were talking very casually about everything. Um, I ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and like complicated questions Mm -hmm. too. And I find that people are always open to talking about it because I'm open. So I'll say things that are really personal and really, um, unguarded. And I think it gives people the space to be unguarded. I think I've only had two or three instances where I was photographing a stranger where they just wouldn't open up. And that's fine because I don't, I don't photograph strangers. I photograph my friends, Mm -hmm. you know? I photograph people I love.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is also like again, like something that you can see in the images, like, oh yeah, like this is there's like a mutual like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it feels like different than just looking at a random photo. Absolutely. Um, but no, I think that's really interesting though, and it's funny that you you mention making people feel comfortable through speaking to them because that's what I do before I have someone on the show. I like to have a conversation with them. I like to warm them up, make them feel comfortable, make them feel at ease. Um, not even necessarily for them to feel vulnerable, but vulnerability is usually what is attached to it. But it's more so just like allowing them to like, feel like there's a space that feels comfortable for them. And like, you know, you could kind of like drop your shoulders, even if you're a tense person like me.
1: Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it worked on me.
0: Yeah, yeah that's why I, wouldn't, I was just like, oh, don't worry about it. But like, you know, the trick, like you knew that I, I was do. doing the trick.
1: Yeah. And I was participating. In yeah,
0: it. yeah. it was it was actually we were both doing the trick on each other. We were yeah. it, was a, it was a mutual trick.
1: Mutual yeah, trick. I was I was sizing you up while your cat was sizing me up.
0: Yeah, Fifi was asserting his dominance. And now he is just sleeping in the most comical way possible. So he clearly has felt that he sufficiently asserted his dominance.
1: Yeah, he's sleeping on his head right now. <laughs> And I'm not. I, I want to laugh, but I'm scared of him because he just bit me. He
0: did bite him once, but if you guys have heard anything about Fifi, you know that it could be much worse than that. Um, <laughs> Dean is scared. Dean is scared. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that that's actually really cool that you use like a similar warm up technique as me, and we do very different things. But also, what's interesting about that—not um, to give tips to manipulators, but it is a great way to like manipulate people. Yikes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it's like you can use it like in an evil way. Yeah, I'd never thought of it that way. Right, because you're not an evil person. I read an article about it, to be fair. I didn't just like have inspiration.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was Did reading an Did you Google how many No, I
0: ago. read an article. I think it was, fuck, where was it?
1: How to best manipulate. I think
0: it was like on New York Times or something and it was just Maybe
1: you can write that article.
0: No, I'm not manipulative. I only know how to just say exactly what I'm feeling. I wish I was manipulative. In fact, the amount of times in the last two months that I said I wish I could be manipulative is ridiculous because I sincerely wish that I could be in any way, but I only know how to say exactly how I'm feeling. That's I I it's not that I can't, I guess. I just feel so grossed out by it that I like can't do it. I like can't bring myself
1: to do it. Why is that? Because um, you're not a bad person?
0: M- sure, I like to think that I'm not a bad person, but also if I'm... Man- you
1: think you're a good person? Yes,
0: absolutely. Now I'm
1: asking you questions. No,
0: I, d- I feel like I am a good person and it's uh, very much based off of like... We were talking about uh, being highly critical of ourselves. And I yeah. told Dean that that is a quality that I think a lot of uh, Palestinian children have and just children of immigrants in general, because the expectations or the bar that your parents set for you is typically like, you need to go above and beyond. Yeah. Because you have, have so you many ever more privilege. Yeah. I mean, I've never met Absolutely. The bar. No, no, absolutely not. Never in my life. My dad, more so with my dad. My dad is very impressed by everything I do. So I have that. But my mom, on the other hand, she's just like, I don't know, it's like, whatever. I mean, she doesn't say it like that, but that's the gist of it. But like, you can sense that there's some pride in it, but it's also like, you should do more though.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, yo. In high school, did you ever get an A? And your mom was like, why isn't it an A plus? It's like, I don't know, mom. Absolutely. And that's why I had tutors just nonstop
0: because my mom was like, well, you can do better. I know you can do better. So we're gonna make you hate school.
1: That was my life. And I think that's why I'm an overachiever. And that's why I think um, I'm not trying to be the best artist or whatever. I'm just trying to be the best version of me um, because I think it's impossible to be the best artist or the best anything, to yeah. be honest. It's, it's subjective. So it's yeah. like hard
0: to be the, the, the best. Ooh,
1: I actually don't think art is subjective at all. Really? Yeah. You can like shitty art. You know, well, that's
0: what makes it subjective.
1: But it's still shitty art.
0: But like to- it's
1: objectively <laughs> shitty. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, listen. There's
1: objectively good and bad art. I do. But f- you can like shitty art. See,
0: here's the thing. I do feel that way. But that being said, feelings are not facts, right? right. So just because okay. I feel that way doesn't make it real. But I do feel that way. I feel that way about music very yeah. deeply. I'm just like, well, this is objectively a terrible song. And if you like it, you know that it's a terrible song. But yeah. like, people like it, like for real. Like, they What's actually- your
1: favorite shitty song?
0: Um... Favorite shitty song? Wow, great question. I don't know, maybe some weird, probably like early 90s, like weird alternative shit. Like what? I can't think of anything on the top of my head, probably because I buried it so deep down inside me, but I will say in high school, I bought an Avril Lavigne CD, and I was so embarrassed.
1: Don't hate on Avril Lavigne.
0: I mean, I liked it. I listened to it, but I was embarrassed about it because I was like, she's a poser. Like, she's not punk rock. Like, I'm punk rock. Like, I'm an anarchist, and like, nobody understands me.
1: As an adult, I think... I could recognize Avril Lavigne's music as objectively mid. It's very mid. Yeah. It's very or How mid. can you not enjoy Her lyrics it? are that of a 10-year-old. Yeah, exactly. If but, that. But how
0: can you not enjoy it? It's They're bops. I love a bop. Yeah. That's the thing. If you can admit that, you know, it's kind of trash, but it's like a bop. Yeah. No problem. Um, I don't even want to say too much about it, but like the way people feel about Beyonce
1: We're not getting into it.
0: It scares the shit out of me.
1: I love Beyonce. I respect her her as an artist. I respect
0: her as an artist. Um, You can't do it. But like, yeah, no, like, I'm just like,
1: I don't want to get into an argument.
0: Every, I don't. Do you love her?
1: I love Beyonce.
0: You love her?
1: I love Beyonce. Tell me
0: what you love about her. Help me understand.
1: I love Beyonce. See, that's the thing. When I ask
0: people, that's all they say to me, and I'm just like, help me understand, because I respect her as an artist. I think she's incredibly talented, but like, what, like. I don't know. I don't I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. I and it's not that I think it's bad music. That much I can say. Like I can say no, no, this is like a this is good music. But like I just don't feel that like wow.
1: Do you not feel connected to Beyonce? Not at all. Why? Do you think it's cause she's a Virgo? <laughs> I only say that cuz I'm a Virgo.
0: Listen, the way that we just sh- I'm a triple Virgo. He he's lying. That I'm, is a lie. I am an
1: absolute triple Virgo. He's
0: literally making that up. Um you <laughs> check his birth chart.
1: Don't check my birth chart.
0: Um no, we were talking about horoscopes and I told him that I think Listen, if you like horoscopes that's fine, but it's also like a cop out for developing an identity. Anyway, moving along. <laughs>
1: we don't have to get into that too yeah
0: we're like talking about every controversial thing horoscopes Beyonce what else could we talk about Russia Um, no I don't want to talk about Russia (laughs) let's not get into that Uh, no but honestly I think that going back to like art being subjective Mm -hmm. I do agree with you that like you can say like okay this is objectively good Mm -hmm. but I don't like it
1: yeah absolutely there's a lot of really good art that I do not connect to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, like, it's just, like, yeah, this is cool. This is pretty. This is interesting. But, like, I feel no, no connection. Yeah.
1: No, 100%. There's a, there's a, wow, I feel like this is a really bad example. But my friend Leon is an incredible painter. I connect, he's not bad at all. He's actually incredible, objectively incredible. And, I connect more to his work than the Mona Lisa, which is considered what, one of the best paintings of all time or whatever. And I think that's fair. You know, I think understanding something is incredible and did this and did this or whatever, or left an impact and not connect to it. That's okay.
0: I mean, I think that's what it is. And like, whenever someone, not to bring up the triggering B word, but like when I, when people talk about her and I'm just like, yeah, she's cool. I respect her. Like, there's just so much disappointment, right? And like it
1: I've never been disappointed by Beyoncé. I'll just put that No,
0: no, no, disappointment. No, no, disappointment when people recognize that like, "Oh, you're not a huge fan of her." Like
1: people are disappointed in me. Like, how... "Oh no, I respect people's opinions at the very least." <laughs> yeah. I think he's that's He's into
0: a... democracy.
1: I'm into a, I'm a big uh I'm big into fairness.
0: Okay. So he's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's it's better to be kind. And to be fair, than to be nice about everything.
0: A hundred percent. It's called having boundaries. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It I'm makes learning people. About that.
0: It makes people uncomfortable. Everyone like thinks they're so like progressive and woke, but like I'm telling you, as someone who has had no trouble setting boundaries at any point in their life, as you can imagine, after 33 years of living while being able to create healthy boundaries, I am in a place where like I'm so comfortable doing it, and it makes people super uncomfortable.
1: Uh I've I've learned I've only learned to set boundaries in the last maybe 2 years. Was and that through
0: therapy or was that just through like reflection?
1: Um I think a um mixture of both. So not to make it about me.
0: It is about you. It's literally the episode <laughs> is about you. That's literally the episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I think through art so or my work. So um And like around 2016, I started photographing my close, predominantly male friend group. And I had a conversation with them about uh, photographing them in an extremely intimate way. And I said to them, and this is like maybe 15 to 20 people. I had individual conversations with them, telling them, not asking, telling them, hey, I'm going to start taking pictures of everything. All the good, all the bad, literally everything. And I didn't understand at the time that that would dissolve all boundaries. No one said no. Mm-hmm. I wasn't asking for permission, mm-hmm. but no one opposed. <laughs> okay. So
0: So that's that's permission.
1: So I guess so.
0: <laughs> the most problematic uh, thing I've ever said. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're awful. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're really controversial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We love consent on this side. We
0: do. We love consent. Okay. Um, but no, so... You, <laughs>
1: no, so no one said no. No one objected. And I didn't realize that the, that would dissolve all boundaries between me and my friends. And what came out of it was incredible work. I mean, and I'm not saying incredible in terms of I'm an incredible artist, whatever. That's your opinion uh, subjectively. But I'm saying work that I wanted to make... Yeah and work that was really special to us. Because when I started making these photos, um, it was about truth. It was making a record of truth. And so I thought it was very important to not hold back in any sense. But I think at the end of it, I mean, I'm six years making this work, and I think I'm I'm finally towards the end of completing the series. And I realized over time that not having boundaries with so many of my friends affected all these friendships, and it fucked me up. Totally fucked me up. I mean, yeah, it not was very boundaries tra- is not it great. It was very traumatic. Yeah. It was a, um, yeah, it was very, very, very traumatic. It was very harmful. Um, but I also countered it by saying I'm also going to the going to do the same with myself. So I'm not good at being in front of a camera if someone's taking a photo of me, but I make a lot of self portraits. Okay. um which are included in the body of work I'm referring to um but yeah, so it, it was an equal trade. but now at the end of it and kind of going through um going through the images and and um, also on this journey of healing slash therapy or whatever you want to call it, I think realizing boundaries were probably the most important thing. Yeah. I don't think I would have made the same work if I had boundaries the whole time. It probably would have been more stale, to be honest. Um, but although I'm very proud of the work, it—I mean—it was just the result of it, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that like we as humans like realize things at the time when it like makes the most sense and when we're like ready for it. And I think. You know it's great that you're setting boundaries for yourself. I think everyone should you know feel comfortable setting boundaries, but at the same time, like you wouldn't have created that body of work if no. if that was if you were just like, "Hey, guys, let's talk about our boundaries, you know yeah, like
1: know no. I also don't think men are very good at being like, so we should have boundaries. you could have just
0: stopped the sentence of men are not very <laughs> good, you could have just stopped right there you're sp-
1: really controversial
0: i'm not controversial. I, this remember how I told you i can 't be manipulative i I say <laughs> everything that comes into my brain like there is no like me being like. I, I will be the only time I will, um, I guess censor myself in any way, shape or form is if I'm engaging with someone and I can tell that they are in a fragile state of some sort, obviously right. I'm going to change my demeanor to make sure that like, I'm not doing anything that's going to, um, create any
1: negative feelings. My her. first therapist was not like that. Yeah. Very no, it sounds like a me. bad therapist. Yeah, She was awful
0: therapists should also not really have a lot of emotions oh
1: she was angry
0: that's not normal we (laughs) should report her
1: no no like she's
0: not a good therapist i'll let
1: someone else deal with that problem that's no sorry
0: (laughs) he's like i want other people to suffer (laughs) um i mean listen i i definitely think that yeah i mean i'm a huge fan of boundaries Mm. but I can't imagine how much harder it would be to set boundaries later in life because just in general, like relearning or like learning new behaviors and new, um, really anything as you get older, I do find is more difficult because you've already kind of developed your, developed your identity, but then also like you're just less malleable. Right. And like, I feel like it's, it's definitely more of, like, a challenge and, like, do you find yourself, like, being able to, like, stick to those boundaries easily or, like, do you find yourself wavering?
1: Um, it depends on the person. I think it's person to person. Uh, I, I make a lot of space for my friends. Okay. Uh, especially if I care about you. Yeah. Um, and I'm very, very, those, the, the term friend or I guess the idea of friend or I'm very distinct around that. Like it's a very distinct definition to me. If you're my friend, you know, you're my friend. And if you're my friend, I give you everything. But if you're not my friend, you'll, you'll know immediately. Cause I won't give you anything.
0: Literally. Wow. Me. Yeah, really? I'm like, no, like I, I don't know how to be like a halfway friend. Like if you're my no. friend, you're my friend.
1: All or nothing.
0: And like, if you're not my friend, then like. I'll say what up to you. Like we're not friends.
1: Yeah, we're not friends. I've seen you at a party.
0: Exactly. Like there's why are we gonna create false intimacy?
1: Yeah, I don't want to do that. And you know, you get what I'm getting.
0: No, at. I mean, I, everything you're saying, I'm like, I I couldn't agree more because. It's not that I'm like against meeting new people. It's mm. really nice to meet new people sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, you'll be surprised like, oh, wait, like this person is nice. Like, I remember when I was told about Dean, I was like a Palestinian man. Oh, no. And then I met him and I was like, oh, my God, he's so, so nice. He's so, so nice. Crazy. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And you I was really. You how,
1: see how open I am right now? Yeah,
0: 100%. And I was like, I'm so I was genuinely excited about it because I was like, as a Palestinian, I would like to meet more Palestinians that I fuck with. Yeah, so the same. It, I don't
1: know many at all. So
0: I was really excited about it because I'm like, this isn't something that I get to experience often. So that is something that I feel like I would like to use my energy towards, right?
1: Yeah, it's very rare to meet uh, Palestinians in general. It must be all the ethnic cleansing and stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, but also those Palestinians will never stop reproducing. One <laughs> of six, man. One of six. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. My I'm m-
1: one of two, but my mom is one of nine.
0: The first time you said that you're one of two, I was—I literally think I said, "I don't think you're Palestinian. I think I tried to actually Zionist him. I was—I was, I was giving—that's was giving so z- crazy. I was like, I was like, you don't exist. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was because I grew up in poverty, so we didn't have my parents didn't have money to reproduce more.
0: But wait, were you born in New York?
1: Yeah, I was born in Queens. I'm still living there. Okay. Still living in Astoria, from yeah. Astoria.
0: And your parents still live there?
1: Yep. My dad's in Palestine right now. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's like older and... Um...
0: Wait, how old is your dad, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I forgot.
1: <laughs> no, he's... Um, what?
0: The way that I'm just judging him right now. No, um. he's... Take a wild guess.
1: 69, he's about to be 70. Okay,
0: period. That's, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It
1: wasn't an instant thought. I didn't forget. I just had to think about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's old.
1: Yeah, my mom is sixty five. She's gonna hate that I said that. I mean, she's never listening to this. Yeah, yeah, she's already. not. No, no, no. She does not give a fuck. And if she it's so crazy. and if
0: she did, so- sorry, khalto.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> sorry, mom. I, I'm just
0: gonna like apologize to her. Yeah. Um, They're so
1: private. Are your yeah, parents super private? My
0: parents are super private. Yeah, I've had both of them on my podcast. It took years to convince them. Really? Yeah, yeah. It took years to convince them. But you know, my parents are extremely private and. That's the thing like I get it, like you're you are entitled to like feel that way, like just as I feel like I like to share things, they like to be private, and like it's it's a personal preference, and like I very much like nothing annoys me more than when people like roll up and they're like unless your parents are like harmful in some way shape or form, but if your parents are just like sweet little old people who are like comfortable in how they live their life like why why do you need to try to change them like leave them alone,
1: yeah, exactly, and my I think my um when I was younger, I was like, ah, oh, you guys are so private. But now as I get older, I'm like, I get it. I want yeah. to be more private. I think I've become way more private in the last year alone.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. I think
1: it's because of that shoot that we, I mean, we met through Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I worked on it, on that GQ shoot, yeah. which was my first fashion editorial. And um, since then, it's kind of been, non- all these themes come together. It's kind of been nonstop meeting people, talking to people and stuff like that. Everyone wants to talk about it, which is really cool, but I'm not used to all the attention yeah. and I'm not used to um, like having, like going into a space and people know who I am already. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like you, I'm not like famous or whatever, word, word, whatever. But um, I'm far from that. But just in that creative circle that we're in. It is, uh, it's weird. Yeah. So I was, again, way more open in the past. And now I'm like, uh, I have to be private. It's just project, uh, projecting that's on my mind. It's just protecting your energy, you know. Yes.
0: No, and I it's it's a fine balance between like sharing things without allowing it to affect your privacy. Yeah. And it's like a very tricky thing. Like I feel like even me just moving to New York, there was a shift in just my general exposure in every way, like pe- seeing people out all the time, whatever blah blah that it made me just kind of change the way I share things online, like a hundred percent or just yeah. share things with people in general.
1: I don't think I'm an overshare online. I don't think I ever have been, but I used to be funnier. <laughs> now I have to be more serious. I think you don't have to be more serious. Who said I mean, that? I, th- I mean, I had a little bit of a nasty sense of humor, I would say. Okay. Not in like a disrespectful way or anything uh, yeah. like that, but just a little, you know, Whatever,
0: I don't know what you mean, but you can you, we can we can discuss that offline yeah, because yeah. you're like that's that's we've wiped it from the internet,
1: yeah, so i I don't do it anymore i'm I take myself way more seriously on the internet, but I mean I also take my work very seriously, and on Instagram, it's basically me just sharing my work, yeah, and um if you really want to get to know me aside from actually knowing me, you just have to look at the work. it's all there. I filter every single emotion through my camera I've done that for my whole life but especially since 2016 and even to the point that I had to create a boundary between me and my work because it's super unhealthy obviously but if you really want to know who I am just look at the work
0: yeah and like that's that's the thing that's how you've chosen to let people get to know you and like that's your outlet Mm -hmm. like that's your your mode of like self-expression is through that so it's like your identity in a lot of ways is probably like attached not even like your identity but like who how you present yourself you feel is very connected to it
1: absolutely i used to think it was my full identity and then i realized it wasn't and it's unhealthy to it's easy have to be consumed. one thing oh i was so consumed i, I would know. say i think i detached this year maybe you're i'm in a transitional phase listen, aren't we all just constantly
0: the way that I'm just always like, I don't know, constantly in a state of like transitioning to something, but that's good. It means you have self-awareness. Me just giving myself positive reinforcement as well as you. I'm like, we're doing a great job.
1: I'm trying my best.
0: No. And that's the thing you can really just try your best and like, you know, give yourself some grace. And that's why like when you are highly critical of yourself, like it's really important to like remember when to like rein it in. And that's something that, I'm constantly working on because it's very natural. comes naturally to me to be so critical.
1: Yeah, me too. I try not to be as much um, of people. I mean, I think I'll remain critical of art. Um, one of my best friends, Jacob, shout out Jacob Constantine, he said that um, that I'm 1% petty, <laughs> but he loves it, that it makes me who I am.
0: That's funny. 1% percent's not bad. Yeah. A little...
1: 1% a is, not is funny. That crazy, yeah. a, a
0: little pettiness is kind of funny. Yeah.
1: It's it makes me laugh. Yeah, it's totally unintentional.
0: Mm. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> not I can't say the same for me. When I'm being petty, it's very much intentional yeah. and I do think it's funny. Um, but I I really rarely am petty. I wish I was again just generally I I want to be more of an asshole. That's kind of my goal and like it's funny because I thought I was an asshole for a really long time, but I'm not. Like, unfortunately, I was an
1: asshole. I'm for like, a I'm very not. What were and you actually? Because yes, I thought I that absolutely. But was. I'm
0: not an asshole.
1: I absolutely was. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I was. A no, shitty you seem person. sure of it. I'm gonna blanket apologize to everyone who <laughs> I've ever been an asshole to. I'm. A changed man, or at least I'm trying to be. I'm
0: dead the way this is just now an apology. Like, I'd like to address the people. And I
1: I don't apologize. I mean, I do apologize a lot. Yeah. But I realize that's a people pleaser thing. Mm. So I'm working on apologizing when I really mean it. sincere apologies. Yes. And so I... I'm sincerely apologize if I've ever been an asshole. To <laughs> I really want to know what kind of shit he did, but also again, but this I, was like I can, at, I can
0: ask you later. Yeah, you but I later. do feel like it's I mean, something. We can talk about it later. It's some, oh, you, you feel comfortable? Okay, what kind of no word? no no
1: we can talk about it. later.
0: Okay, I was like oh no 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 share it with the class, but no I I do want to know. I'm interested. I'm always interested whenever I meet a creative who's like
1: I don't like that word at all. Or like I'm a, so sorry. It's
0: I know, but like it's just like a blanket word. Yes, what's i an a, What's, what's, a what's an alternative synonym? A
1: creative. A creative implies that you make content, which I'm not shading anyone who does, because...
0: Well, like, you create.
1: I do create, but I'm an artist.
0: You are an artist. Yeah. I, to be fair, and I And that's
1: okay. very pretentious. to I hope I don't sound
0: pretentious. It's bad. not. Okay, so you, as an
1: artist... I don't even consider myself a photographer at all. Oh, yeah, we talk do that. I think the work that. is fine art. Yeah. Because it's just the medium I've decided to uh, focus on at this current moment. I, th- I think, actually, after I finished this body, I thought... Actually, after I finished this body of work, I'd start focusing on production and directing short films and switching over to that. I actually want to get into painting oh, uh, cool. and short story writing because I was writing short stories for a very long time. Uh, but it's just the medium. I think if it was a different medium I'd be saying the same things yeah. and that's and then also I'm extremely informal. well, actually I've become way more formal but I'm extremely uh, non-technical so I create the work, um, so that's why I think the work is fine art and not actually photography. It's very into intuition based and emotional.
0: I mean, that makes sense. That's the thing. Like I'm not super well versed in like general in art. So I'm like, sorry
1: to interrupt you because you had a question and I just, interrupted I remember you the My question. Bad. No, I okay. know what the question is. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: question, the question is everyone's on the edge of their seat. The question is, is did you feel like your parents or your community
1: surrounding you were supportive of what you were doing? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I didn't have anyone supporting me until 2016. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm
0: laughing at you. It's, just it's the, so The funny. way he reacted, he was like,
1: no, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, no, no, no. No one supported me. I've had friends, when I was in my teens, tell me not to take photos. Yeah, and I, I think I was just so hard-headed. So fucked up. Yeah, fucked up. I, who are those I, people? Fuck those people. I don't want to name drop. That's Well, fuck you. You know yeah, who you are. fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I think I was just so hard-headed that I just kept going. Yeah, And I just didn't stop. I don't even think it was stubbornness per se, although I do find myself to be stubborn sometimes. I just always thought, first of all, I've just never not had a camera, so I was always taking photos. And you just get better and better over time yeah. when you do anything. And I think that also um, it was just the one thing that I, that always made me feel special. Yeah, I never thought that anything made me feel special. Like
0: you felt yeah. like it was like innate, like it was like a talent that you had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I don't even believe in talent. I, I think talent is two percent. You said I, I was
0: controversial. This man is over here is like yeah. I think talent I is thi- a lie. I, I think
1: there's obviously, truly people who are who are talented, yes. undeniably talented. But for me specifically, and I would say for a lot of people, it's it's like two percent talent and all hard work I and mean, passion.
0: Yeah, no, one thousand percent. These are all contributing factors to like being
1: good at what you do, which is yeah. essentially talent. Sure. <laughs>
0: you know what i mean like it's but
1: i think there are people who who were born talented yeah yeah. yeah. and i was not that guy
0: but i also feel like there maybe are some people- the
1: guy who told me not to take photos he was right i was really bad at that time. but
0: i also feel like there are some people who might
1: like try to do something for like a really long time it's like not good yeah i but i think that takes <laughs> self-awareness though Right. to be good at anything if you i think you have to understand or have again a certain level of passion and a certain level of understanding so no one supported you. No one supported me until I... So in 2016, one of my really good friends died. And I mean, he was a good friend of mine growing up. So as adults, we're acquaintances. If yeah. we're being honest. I mean, it's yeah, ju- that happens. But we reconnected a week before he passed away. And I photographed yeah. him right before he passed away. And through his passing, I met all of his friends. And we became super close And I didn't understand at the time that we trauma bonded, but um, they became my best friends. And it was the first. And I was always taking photos. It was the first time I had uh, people telling me that they loved my work and that I should keep going. Wow! And I was shooting about—I'm telling you—like 300 rolls of film a year. I mean, before I met them, it was like roughly like 150, and then it became like 300 rolls a, a year because they had inspired me to keep shooting. And then all the boundaries dissolved, and yada, yada, yada. And that's what it is. Uh, But that's once once they uh, gave me that backing, I feel like, I felt like before I met them, I had formed what I was doing. Um, But once they supported me, it made me a really good photographer. And I'm not even saying that as, like, I'm amazing. Again, objective, subjective, whatever. But I'm saying it made me good at what I did. And I yeah, that support is really important.
0: Positive reinforcement is very important. Like having people verbally tell you like, nice job. It's not the only driving force, but it definitely helps. It it, it helps in such a crucial way. If if you respect someone and they were like, hey, I think what you're doing is good. It's like, that means a lot. It, It holds a lot of weight. And it's something that I feel like, is undervalued a lot, especially with, like, immigrant parents because they never received a lot of positive reinforcement. They they don't don't... care
1: about anything I do. It's so crazy. But, like,
0: they don't necessarily... they care about me. They don't necessarily understand what the point of positive reinforcement is, like, genuinely. And, like, it took me a long time to, like, have conversations with my mom to really figure out why it is that it was hard for her to give positive Mm -hmm. reinforcement. And it comes from the fact that she never received it, but also because it was not the norm in the society she grew up with, she never received it and she never expected it. Right. So it was just something that she never even thought of.
1: Yeah. And I think that they're not thinking about that because they're just trying to survive in this world. Exactly.
0: And so, but it's interesting now, um, as I got older, I could see my mom really working on it and then I see the way she is with my nieces and my nephews and she's so much better at being verbally encouraging and all of that. And like that, and it's like she's, she was able to recognize that it was something that she was lacking that maybe she could have needed, or it might've been helpful to her or just something good could have came from it. So now she's much more inclined to do it. And I think it's super nice to like, see her like actually trying to do it, even though she literally was like, for what? No one ever told me like, I love you. No one ever told me you're doing a good job. Like I just knew my parents loved me. Like, what is this? I love you. Like, you know what I mean? You literally. It sucks
1: for someone like me who needs a lot of reassurance.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I think we all need reassurance. Yeah. But I think I needed a lot of reassurance, especially being an artist, because mm-hmm. it's a very insecure space to be, especially if you're trying to be vulnerable all the time. Yeah. To create the type of work that I make, I have to be vulnerable all the time. And now I'm not as vulnerable I think all of this is coincide, uh, coinciding together because I'm trying to finish this series. I thought I was going to do it for 10 years and now it's about year six and I think it's pretty much done. Um, and it's co- coinciding with the fact that I'm trying to be less vulnerable all the time. Or I have a wall with people, I guess.
0: I feel like you don't. I'm not, I I mean,
1: you're, I mean, we manipulated each other. That's why it
0: wasn't manipulation. It was just genuinely like, I like to make people feel comfortable because I want them to feel relaxed,
1: but I'm also talking about my work and I I have to be open about what I do for people to understand it. I think it requires context. It requires, uh, it's storytelling at the end of the day. So there is a very, I mean, I think if you just looked at it and you really analyzed it, you'd understand but understanding the context and the stories stories behind all the images, you'd, you'd really uh, appreciate it more. So I have to be open about it.
0: I do want you to talk a little bit about this series that you've been working on for, you said, six years.
1: Yeah, I mean, originally it was called Hard Feelings. I'm changing the name as it's closing because it was initially about, uh, it is about my uh, predominantly male friend group. But it's also uh, about so much more. It's about collective grief and self destruction, including my own, Um, loneliness, male female relationships, masculinity, uh, which I think will always be a part of my work. Um, But I think slowly but surely it's evolved into something completely new, especially since uh, at the end of 2020, a close friend of mine passed away who was in the work. He's all over the work. Um, His name is Suba. Rest in peace. I'm
0: so sorry to hear that like that's but like also like really special that you were able to like include that in this work that you're doing that's really important to you.
1: Yeah, it's um it's a really tough space to be in because I photographed him like up and down, left and right, everything about him and then to lose him. I mean, this is kind of it's so naive. And I'm kind of quoting my favorite artist her name is Nan Golden. She said that she used to think if she photographed her friends enough, they'd stay alive forever. And I really adopted that. And then I realized I was wrong. And it's it's like a tough space to look at all these images and try to, I don't know, not be sad. I have to create a detachment from it to an extent. Um, but yeah, he's all over the work. Uh, I think he... he unfortunately made the work stronger in a way because it created a a higher level of potency and i thank him for that to be quite honest um yeah i still reference his photos all the time like in newer photos that i make and i reference that grief because i don't think grief really goes away to be honest i think you just learn to live with it
0: absolutely no like grief is definitely i would say one of I I like to tell people, like, as a form of reinsurance that, like, feelings are temporary, right? Yeah. A lot of times that is, like, a form of, like, comfort. Like, this is going to pass. However, like, grief and loss do tend to stay with you. And it's just, like, you learn to live with it and you adapt and you develop coping mechanisms and all the things. But, like, it's it's there. Like, it's not going to not be there. And I think that's also really difficult because there's less comfort for
1: those specific emotions. Exactly. Life just changes. I think in western society, they ex- people expect you to just move on, but it doesn't work that way. I've never experienced it that way. And maybe it's because I'm connected to people more because of the work that I make. I mean, there's five people in my life that I used to photograph that are now dead, which is it's hard to to deal with. And I think that's another reason why I feel like I'm ready to close the series um, because it's, it's really difficult to detach from it. And I think that processing the grief helped me make, um, really good work and to help my series evolve. But I think it also is stopping me from fully moving forward. I'm not saying moving on because there's no way to really move on, but to move forward. I think it's really important that I I, I create something new. I'm already creating something new. I thought I was going to stop photography altogether. At the beginning of the year, I put the camera down. And then I um, started creating work with my cousin Dallas. And it's just been something completely new. And the work is more formal. Um, it's more elevated. It's slightly about identity. I actually don't like making work about identity at all. You'll never get that from me. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's so much more layered. And I think it's because we have a very strong bond. And I'm very inspired by him. Why do I (laughs) I hate identity? I could see the disdain in your face Um, as you
0: said that. You'll never catch me making work about identity. So I need to know why. I need to know why people don't like things.
1: I think that... Now I'm going to get controversial. Please. Um, I think that it's a trap. I think (laughs) that if you're an artist who makes work explicitly about identity, um, you're putting yourself in a trap. And I think that it's a cop out you're not making real work with depth I think you're just making work about um, what it is to not be white or not to to not live by a a traditional American ideal which is whiteness or white supremacy I think that there's many 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 artists who make incredible work that um, identity is a huge part of uh, but it's more layered than just identity. So you can make work about, like I can make work about Arabs only or Palestinians only, but it, it's gotta be more than that. You know,
0: I, I, I actually agree with you. I think that a lot of times it feels lazy. It's it lazy, feels yeah. like um, you're almost exploiting your, something that like people have like used against I don't know it's like it's weird it feels yeah. like exploitation I can't put my finger on it but it I feels I like... do believe that people can create things that are centered or create art that are centered around identity that is important and is something that you know, people can feel a real connection to and it feels special to them and it feels important it makes them feel seen or represented in some way and then that causes them to have some specific emotion when they, you know, look at it or listen to it or whatever it is. But, like, I think if it's done almost to an excess or if it's fully centered around it, I do, unfortunately, also feel the same way you do. And I I feel almost annoyed at myself for feeling that way because i'm yeah, because like... you
1: don't want to but it's a it's a i think people make work exclusively about identity to combat uh spaces that have been historically um
0: like it's important that, ex- it's, that it excluded
1: is, that yeah. specific identity yeah. but what you're doing is actually falling into the that box that you're placed into the box that you can only exist as this thing and only create about this thing I think that identity is defined by a multitude of things and you can see that in the work and it reflects where I'm from which is Queens you know and that's the the most diverse place you know I think it's super layered it
0: is super layered but like here's the thing right I as someone who is visibly Muslim, the boxes I'm placed in are always the same, right? And yeah. it was something that really bothered me for a long time, not because I have an issue with wearing a headscarf, not not anything to do with that. I feel super comfortable, fine about it. I don't feel insecure about it. It's just like, don't. I don't like that being the one defining factor about me. That being said, I don't. I don't disagree that it's not a defining thing about me that you can externally see, that you can observe immediately upon meeting me. And I actually like that when people see me, they think that is a visibly Muslim woman or sometimes an Orthodox Jewish woman, which happens sometimes hilarious. and is hilarious. Um, and I don't mind it, it's fine. But like they're, they see that and they, they immediately think one of those two, right? And sometimes other things, but we won't talk about that. But they think those things, but I, I guess what makes it so fucking annoying is that, but that's not even on me for having this be a visible part of my identity. That's on them for like seeing that and then allowing it and then them perceiving it as like my entire identity, right? Mm -hmm. Like people look at it and they're like, oh, so this is what you are. And I have all these preconceived notions about what a visibly Muslim woman should look like. And, um, you know, all these stereotypes about you and you're probably super reserved and quiet and like uh, uh, you're oppressed and you're not opinionated. Like these are real things that... My it never stops. It happens constantly. It's yeah. hilarious. Like at this point, I'm just like, you sound really dumb, but it happens all the time, and it makes me almost angry because I think it's more the perception or people's perception of a specific type of identity that also kind of makes identity a little corny.
1: Super corny. I think that um, people want you to exist um, in a box at all times because they can't understand you otherwise. Um, But I think that's why uh, I'm so happy to make work with Dallas, because it's not about identity, although obviously we're both Arab. But it's also about this idea of I'm I felt like I I don't want to fully speak for him, but I feel like we both grew up as kind of black sheep, like we're not the We're not Arab enough to be Arab, but we're not American enough to be American, That's,
0: yeah, you just described the Arab American uh, existence yeah the dichotomy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right? yeah,
1: um, and I think that is what the new work that I'm creating is touching on in the in the most kind of underlying way. If it was explicitly about that, I'd be like, whatever, I think this is also boring, but I think it's it feels super lazy, yeah. And i rather it be complicated and complex and uh, explore those themes. I've thought of images that I thought were like very, very. I resist creating images that are typical, I guess. That and are like a... following into like a stereotype. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's what people want to see. But I, I love being Palestinian, period. But I love being Palestinian. <laughs> american and or i love being the artist that i am and then people finding out i'm palestinian it kind of like turns it on its head yeah and being like oh wow he made this body of work or makes bodies of work that i'm not i'm not um used to seeing or what i didn't expect you know
0: i also think that you know palestinian whatever all these things like i go through almost like phases of like When I think it's important for it to speak for me, like not to speak for me, but for it to be super blatant and like loud and whatever way. But like in certain spaces, I do like it to make it very known that I'm Palestinian. Like it feels important to me, not because anything other than like it feels really important to me specifically that everyone in a certain space knows that I'm Palestinian.
1: I would agree with that.
0: But then there are other times where I'm just like, not for any reason other than like I don't really feel like it.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, I have this issue sometimes that sometimes I'll be at a at a party or an event or just in a social space where I don't know someone, and they find that I'm find out I'm Palestinian and they instantly want to talk to me about um, Israel or Zionism or they want to give me opinions
0: about me. <laughs> because i've definitely seen dean at a party and been like let's talk about zionism well
1: we can do that well we yeah, can yeah, do that yeah, with yeah. other palestinians but yeah. i mean complete strangers who yeah, are not yeah, palestinian yeah. or or not even like brown to be honest um wanna talk about it instantly and i'm like dude i'm like trying to eat my doritos like i i'm it's 9 p.m. why do i want to talk about oppression yeah. or violence or i don't care about your opinion and i'm sure it's not even that good you know
0: I think people think that we're like dying to like talk about it all the time. And th- don't get me wrong. Love to talk about it. We can't about...
1: really separate it from our existence. Exactly. Like we
0: can't, but it's also like, yeah, I was at a brand dinner the other day. And this girl tried to talk to me about like Islam. And I was like, ma'am, I don't want to talk to you about <laughs> this right now. Like, I don't know you. And quite frankly, so far, your opinion sounds stupid. So I don't want to engage in this dialogue with you because it feels useless. And also I would like to eat my food.
1: Yeah, and I think all that kind of, all the personal opposition, I guess, to speak on things that people want me to speak about, and it's not conscious either. It's a, it's a subconscious thing where I just want to, I don't want to do the things that people expect me to do. I've never wanted to.
0: He's a contrarian.
1: I think I might be a little bit, but I think that's what's inspiring me to make new work and to... You know, if I'm gonna make work centering around my cousin,
0: wait, um, who are you talking about? Dallas. Dallas is here. he actually? He biologically is my cousin. your no, cousin. No, he's
1: through marriage, but still my cousin. Okay, wait, wait, wait. okay, yeah.
0: Because he's, he's Egyptian. Best. He's not Palestinian. So no, that's no, why no, I was like I for a second. I was like, wait, but it doesn't
1: matter because he's even if we're not biological. Oh no, I have Egyptian cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best person I've ever met. Honestly, that's and really super, nice. It's really special. No, he's. He's I just didn't know if you were doing me. the fake
0: cousin thing. No, I just no, no. He's really that. my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah. He's, yeah. he's inspired me so much. He's pushed me as a person, as an artist. Uh, we spend all our free time together. He's he's incredible. And I don't want to even talk about him more because he's so private. But he's, yeah. I, I hope, You love your cousin. I love my cousin, yeah. Let's get a t-shirt. But then also, I should get a t-shirt. But also, um, just making work with him is such a pleasure. And we're making really potent work. That touches on all these subjects but also doesn't at all it's something entirely new and i it's super layered and i and it's hard for me to talk about it because it it, we're just in the middle of it and it's you know the last body of work is six years i think we're going to be making this for a little while so i don't know how long i i don't know when to ever cap a body of work um so I don't want to go super deep into it, but it's it's inspiring. I mean, I I genuinely put down the camera this year and I picked it up because working with him has just been so inspiring. And he he pushed me to, to evolve as an artist. I didn't think I could open a new chapter in my work and he got me there. So I'm really excited about the new things I'm working. But it's crazy because since the new stuff, since all the GQ Middle East stuff coming out, people are so interested in the older work and I feel like I've kind of, i'm in a place where i'm closing that chapter of my life and opening something new but people are really like just catching up you know
0: and like that's the thing they can catch up and then they can enjoy the the new like art like you know what i mean like yeah. like it's it's cool that they're they're coming across your art and then they like are into it and like it's even more exciting that you're now gonna have, you know what i mean like it's cool i like that
1: yeah and i think that and i mean i guess it's This is to, I'm sure artists will, any artist listening to this will understand and relate to it, but I think, or if you're just a fan of art, or if you even just like a casual lover of art, true art, art that is about truth is timeless. And I'm not saying the body of work I've made is timeless or the body bodies of work I'm making are timeless. But I think if your intention is truth, um, then I think it will be, I think no matter what time people discover it, they'll there's someone that's going to relate to it. You know, I didn't make any of this work for anyone but me. And truthfully, the motivation to work to make any of this work is love. Love is really the driving force behind everything. Um, everything I do. But I do think that because it's so honest, that no matter when people see it, they're going to connect. At least that's my hope, you know? And I genuinely
0: think that like, that's so nice to like hear. And like, I don't know. I'm like, it makes me like very excited to see things that you put out, like moving forward. I don't know. I'm like, you said, like, I don't know you that well. I haven't known him for that long, but like, from what I'm hearing, I could tell that like, you've grown a lot. And that is something that's like reflected in your art. And like, I'm really genuinely now, like excited to see like, what else you do moving forward. Cause I'm like, I can just Sense like all of the reflection all of the growth all of the everything and i'm like that's very exciting to see and like also like again love a palestinian
1: doing anything thank you yeah i love palestinians doing anything do anything it's it's <laughs> the funniest thing to say but um our existence is resistance we're just thriving living Loving life, they don't want us to be. They healthy.
0: don't want to see us happy, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I feel like that's a great place to <laughs> to end the episode. Just motherfuckers,
1: motherfuckers,
0: motherfuckers. No, but honestly, Dean, like this has been so enjoyable, and also like you're not mean. You're I've, fake. I've like you're fake I've, in saying that you're mean. I've, like, you're not mean. On it. You're delightful. I was mean. Wasn't he delightful, guys? Uh, but no, thank you so much for taking the time to you know come and chat with me. Where can people? you know, what do you want to plug? Where can people follow you? Where can they find your art? Anything to look out for? Um,
1: I am a person who wants less social media. So the only social media media I have is Instagram. And my at is Dean Mejd. That's D-E-A-N-M-A-J-D. And if you want to deep dive into my work, go on my website, which is deanmejd.com.
0: And then I'm going to have both those linked in the episode description. And as always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where you will see a lovely photo of Dean. Um, And then you could follow me on Instagram at Noree, where I don't know, I'm probably eating a burrito. And, you know, as always, guys, wear your sunscreen. Don't be a fucking asshole. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye
1: bye.